Guys, I don't really have a cold open other than just sound the breaking news, Clarkson! Anakin Skywalker has returned. <laughs> we'll see you after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star all about the wars and the stars. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying, force-sensitive native to the Chiss Ascendancy, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest singular mind the Rebellion has ever had to offer, our Master of Chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth. The Klein Felt. Hey, Thomas, how you doing? Um, I have a fun question for you since it is just the two of us and we have no other dead weight alongside us today. We we annexed the Jack Pieces and David Thompsons of the world out the fuselage of this spaceship. Mm. They are now floating adrift into the cosmos just on their own. So fun question for you. Have you ever been to Cincinnati, Thomas? I have not ever you been have, or have been. You, do to you Cincinnati. know the wonders of Cincinnati chili? Have you ever heard like the it's like a like a two the two by two chili, the three by three chili, and that sort of thing? I've heard Cincinnati heard chili is a thing. Yeah. So so basically, how it works is Cincinnati chili is, um, it's chili with uh with like spaghetti noodles under it so it's like a mix of spaghetti oh. and chili together and then they start to add things in so it's like if you have a like a um i think it's a three-way cincinnati chili you've now added beans into the mix and then there's like a four-way which is you're adding um uh cheese into the mix and then there's no, there's a two-way, which is, is two-way, which is beans, three-way, which is cheese, four-way, which is onions. And so what I wanted to ask you today, Thomas, if you were to add a fifth thing, what would you add to, what would be your five-way Cincinnati chili? What would you add to this thing? So right now you've got spaghetti noodles, you've got the chili with the beef, the beans, onions, cheese. What would be your fifth thing to this monstrous monstrosity that wasn't good language <laughs> this behemoth of a meal corn corn that's a I good one corn in chili corn in I a love chili it. is delicious oh, it's delicious that's... and i would have to remove the cheese because i don't i don't cheese very well mm. um me and cheese are not friends anymore we had a, a very strong violent divorce mm-hmm. one evening um but it sounds <laughs> delicious <laughs> it does i've never i've also i'm not um well versed in the way of cincinnati chili i'm fascinated by it though this is i'm a big food i love to cook i love looking at good Same. food i just started oh, the bear ooh. and i'm watching that and i'm like ooh. Ooh, like this is like i i can appreciate good food i can appreciate meh like like i can appreciate all levels of cuisine and the cincinnati chili to me is just like this it's like my what's the moby dick thing my white whale like it is yes. the thing that has just eluded me and it fascinates me and I don't understand it, but I want to understand it for me. If I was to add a fifth thing, I know we already have cheese on there and you just said you wouldn't 
want the cheese because you know your whole it would destroy your insides. But I think yeah. it would be queso. Yeah, Some queso on there would be delicious. Or like replace the cheese hot with dogs. Okay, oh, that's not yeah. bad either. That's like not barbecue bad. a hot Ooh, dog you know and then cut it into bits. Oh man, Doritos. Dude. Spite wow, not where I was going. I was gonna go with uh spicy sausage, like Jimmy Dean sausage. Ooh, in there, yeah, or like a hot Italian sausage link chopped yeah, off. Just mm. Mm, diced up. You know what's really good, by the a way? Taco. Since we're here. There's a taco on top, just like in just it. a full taco, yeah. <laughs> like Absolutely. a cherry well, on top of a Sunday. <laughs> well, hold on, like the chili is the taco. Technically, you put it inside. But I'm, I'm saying add. No, I'm saying add like a full like, hard it, shell taco, full taco Bell full taco. <laughs> As like it's you're like, you know, soggy. You're, 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 you're like appetizer. You're just like you're, you're it's going to open up the palate, <laughs> get your taste buds like illuminated to the experience that they're about to go through. And then you dive into the Cincinnati chili. If anyone okay, listening is good. from Cincinnati, I will happily like send it my way. I don't care how. It's just a Ziploc bag in a box. Like I will yeah. take your Cincinnati chili pretty, pretty please. He will take a tour of your Cincinnati chili like the Tour de Franzia and slap the bag as he drinks Taking it Taking a bottom. tour of your Cincinnati chili sounds like a sex thing. I don't know what <laughs> it is, but like I just that that does not sound very that does not sound good. <laughs> Speaking of sex, you know what's a great cuisine? It's uh, hamburger meat mixed mm-hmm. with Jimmy Dean sausage into patties. Like you just mix it all together and make patties. And it's like this sausage hamburger burger. And it is one of the most, no seasoning needed. It's one of the most delicious burgers on the planet. And my dad made it for me one day. And I was like, I'm stealing this so hard. But you talked about cooking. You know what I what I did this this past weekend for someone's birthday? What'd Made him a pumpkin pie because it's pumpkin season. But for the you first do time this. Ever, this is your thing. You love the pumpkin I think, pies. I love it's pumpkin what you pies. Do. It's my nana's thing, man. But I also made pumpkin muffins for the Ooh. first time. Did like, you do any like organic? frosting or anything on the pumpkin muffin? No. I it's know funny uh, you traditionally that. that's like, my next thing. Yeah, you do the cream cheese frosting on the pumpkin muffin or cream in the pumpkin muffin cheese. is like yeah, okay. like a like okay. the kind of frosting you'd get on like a like a cinnabon cinnamon bun. Okay, like yeah. Like that, that yeah, that's what you put or like on a carrot cake. Mm-hmm. It's very similar the pumpkin and cream cheese yeah. is very similar that's to the good. carrot cake kind of taste profile. That is good cuz um my friend that I made them for they're like um they're like, these are so good. And then I was like, I just finished the last one. And <laughs> she's like, I ate all of them the other night. And I was like, well, I had a bunch when I got home hammered. But I was like, I need to make them again. She's like, you need to add icing. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like the toaster, toaster strudel. She's like, no, pumpkin icing. I was like, well, now I'm doing both because I got to figure out which one's better. So coming up on a future podcast, we'll have a muffin review. I love, because why I not? love a good muffin. And I'm, I'm going to mail you a muffin and we're going to eat the muffin together. You're going to mail me a muffin. I'm going to mail pay, you a muffin. You're going to pay international shipping rates to get a one singular baked good to me. You're right. I need to send two so Gabby can it's have It's going one. to arrive in just it like it's we it will not be muffin form any longer. It will be mush. The TSA get will there? get a hold of that. How long would it take to get here? Yeah. Not very long. The shipping are like within a deme- week. I would say within ten days. That's pushing it for a muffin lifespan. I know you'd seal it. However, a vacuum sealed box. 
See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how can a vacuum seal? I just don't think it would get across the border. I don't know if you could. I don't know if you can. Like, they're gonna see this thing, this muffin, and they're gonna go like, oh, this is definitely drugs, or like, I I just I don't know how that. You know what I'm gonna do in one piece. All right, USPS listener workers, tell me if this is gonna work. Um, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put four muffins in there, and say I need two of these to make it to Canada. Here's you can take any two away with yeah, you <laughs> exactly put in extra vacuum seal bags so now you're like, gonna now you're gonna if you bribe open the, it, the yeah, TSA if you open it please vacuum seal it up so it gets to my buddy in canada mm. you can test it eat it tell me if you get high if you do i sent you the wrong batch i guarantee <laughs> uh now that's I'm, I'm so excited to make more of these muffins because i didn't anticipate them turning out as good as they were and dude i'm i'm in love i'm in you're love. only gonna get in like we're only gonna get further into pumpkin ready season too so I it's know. not like you're like just starting this on the end you may be starting it honestly like a little bit early i know that starbucks yes. is doing that they have their pumpkin stuff out and people are like it's fall it's not fall yet I understand the kids up here just went back to school yesterday. Football wow. starting. I was walking around yesterday, started to see some leaves fall. It's still quite warm out, but I was like, oh my God, autumn's coming. September to me though, is, is still, it's still summer. We still, mm-hmm. we got a couple until that solstice hits. It's still summer. And then we can get into fall. Once it usually last week of September, like early October, that's when I'm like, it is autumn. Although last year what I was drinking solstice? patio beers in October, which was crazy. Yeah. But, what solstice are you talking about? I only know of the summer and winter. Well, isn't the don't like the fall and spring like autumn and like don't those oh, line yeah, up for the yeah, solstice? Yeah, yeah. Like they have like an equinox. What is that? Fall begins right, on September twenty third. Okay. Yeah yeah. 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 So that's okay. coming up and gotcha. that's when fall hits, and then we get Canadian Thanksgiving cool. first week of October, baby, and that's then falls here. Wait, wait, yes. Is that October seventh? Um, it changes every year. It's the first Sunday of October. I forget which. So it must be October 7th. Uh, my calendar says October 9th. Thanksgiving yes, Day. That, that's, that's Canadian Thanksgiving. That's a Monday. You get Monday off. Yeah, work, it's buddy. always a Monday. So like we, it's, oh. it's, we get that long weekend. It, we always get the Monday off. It just every year changes. The first Monday we get off in October. So what you're saying is that's when I need to mail you some pumpkin muffins. That's yes, yes. Yeah, I love pumpkin pies. Pump. I love pumpkin. I'm a huge. Mm. Fall comes. You get bundled up. You watch football. I'll watch basketball when that starts. And like, yeah, just eat some pumpkin. Drink some. I'm excited to be drinking tea again. Like ready for oh. that energy. It's it's just been okay. too hot here to do that. Um, that's fair. Yeah. That's why um, you're basically British. You drink hot tea up there. I do. Uh, a lot no. of, I mean, the rest it, of you don't No, most people do, but like, I just don't oh, drink okay. coffee. So I, tea is my, tea is my warm drink of choice. That's, that's Feels a good, good hey, suckling listen. down my throat. Oh, okay. that got <laughs> sensual. Uh, I'm also a big tea fan cause I am British. Uh, my mom was born in England, was adopted. Uh, hot tea is a vibe. I drink it regularly. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Klein. I'm so hungry right now after this discussion. Let's go ahead and mm-hmm. jump on into what the actual episode's about, which is Ahsoka. Episode 4, Fallen Jedi. I did that out of order. But before that, we're actually going to dive into a very brief Jack Jackless Rebel Report.
news, 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 news. Guys, the news is here. That's my Jack Jack hey. impression. Yay. <laughs> uh, we got two news stories. They're short-ish. You know us. We just went on like a 10-minute tangent on food. It was so good, though. Yeah, we started Up Cincinnati first, Chili. Plus. We went to Pumpkin. We, we, we got to Rebel Report. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We just we did it. That's that that's a full show right there. Star Wars Disney Plus slate delayed in an exclusive from the Bestman Bulletin. Sources have said Skeleton Crew has been delayed until an unknown time in 2024. One source mentioned that the series could be delayed by an entire year, looking at a November 2024 release. But the bulletin could not get that information confirmed by a second source. So do not take that possibility as a fact. Dramatic pause. Uh, did it work for you, Klein? The dramatic pause? It was a little too dramatic. You know, that ah, turned, it went from a dramatic pause to what I would describe as a pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do better. I'm not, I'm not as good at this as Jack Jack. I don't read good. I'm dyslexic. One source mentioned that the current schedule of Star Wars live action content is in flux and fluid due to the ongoing SAG-AFTRA and WGA spikes strikes, which means other series planned for 2024, such as The Acolyte, the High Republic era series created by Russian dolls Leslie Headland, a series he has heard Lucasfilm is confident in, along with the second and final season of Andor, could both suffer delays. Andor was rumored to have an August 2024 release by Tony Gilroy himself. So if Skeleton Crew does take a year-long bump, the greatest Star Wars show of all time could end up in 2025. The BB, that's the best been bulletin for those keeping up, heard before both strikes that The Mandalorian Season 4 was scheduled to release in 2025. And they're still hearing 2025, for the fourth season, may the fourth season be with you, Kleino Felto. Thoughts and feelings. How do you feel about all this kerfluffles? Well, I mean, it's it sucks that um and that these delays are happening, and I think we've talked about it a little bit on the show uh, previously it, with other things like Dune was mm -hmm. pushed. We've started to see really the fruits of what this strike has done to Hollywood um, are really coming to bear where these delays are going to start to become more and more of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm on the Marvel side. Disney just pushed a whole bunch of things down the slate. And I yeah. think Disney right now is using the, using the strike as an excuse to make these moves. However, I have a feeling that these moves like Disney's been wanting to shuffle the deck um, across the board really since Bob Iger came into the picture. They've been moving things around, trying to space things out a little bit more, doing the quality versus quantity thing. Whereas uh, Chapek was very much a like a scattershot, like let's just get as much out as quickly as we can and hopefully some of it hits. So it sucks. But you know what? It's it's going to come one. Um pay your creatives and maybe that maybe we don't need to blame the strike uh that's i think number one and so i'm willing to deal with delays whether they be star wars dune whatever um if it means that these workers get to fight for their rights and fight for or fight fight for fair pay and fight for what they're worth 
but it does it is a bit of a bummer obviously it's like well we're not going to get things that maybe we were thinking we would uh mm-hmm. by the end of the year but they will come apparently they're all like everything that was moved around is looking pretty good the like the accolade as they say is they're very confident in this series. Um, you're very confident in this series. I think for all of us, it we're very anticipate. We're very much anticipating it. And Star Wars is on a, ta- a bit of a hot streak. Like the Mandalorian season three aside, we've had great visions this year. We've had great Bad Batch this year. We had mm. Andor a year ago, and now we're in the middle of Ahsoka, which is absolutely killing it. We'll get into that later. I just I'm I'm excited to see if they can like keep this momentum going and really really start to win fans back who may have let go of the series or turned their back on the series. And so again, it sucks, but th- I think this also what does this mean for the movies? Like do, will those end up getting pushed down the line as well? I think that's another conversation. Um it sucks, but it is I think it's a necessary evil uh in the in everything i'd rather them come out good and come out with everyone getting paid well and everything like that just come out rushed and because they had a date on them my only sad bit is that the acolyte might be delayed further um which depending on how long the amptp uh takes to get their head out of their ass and pay people what they're worth and stop hoarding billions of dollars instead of you know just just take you know what you want everyone else to take a pay cut rich producers and rich executives why don't you take a pay cut thomas okay you know is they need their they need their ninth yacht bob Iger needs his whatever 80 billion or not 80 billion dollars like 80 million dollar bonus at the end of the year and yeah it's it is all very silly. I think that both of our thoughts um, on the strike have been made fairly public oh, yeah. on the show, but it's, I just, I'm as for like accolades delay specific or potential further delay specifically. I'm always of the mind that if someone, if they need more time, I come from the world of yeah. video games where delays happen all of the time. And there's this really wrote Shigeru Miyamoto, the guy who created Mario quote, that's like a delayed game is forever. Good. A rush game is forever. Bad sort of thing. I totally butchered that quote, but it's the same sentiment. Like with TV and movies, my, my thought is always if these creatives need a delay and you're not just delaying it for whatever selfish reasons, like it, it or not delaying it in good faith or whatever, if they need a delay, if these creatives want more time, give them more time because it's only going to make the product better. Um, it's when you start getting into like the studios going, no, 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 no. Like we want to totally rework this vision and Frankenstein this thing together. Um, so we're going to delay it. That's when I'm kind of like, well, guys, like maybe, maybe you put it out with the original creator's intent now, whether that be good or bad. Just like I just am very much in the camp of like, Whatever the creative wants, like make that happen and set them up for success as best you can as a studio. Fund them, give them the money they need, set them up with a release date where they're not going to get cannibalized, and then like things will work out. But yeah, if 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 Acolyte needs more time, give it more time. I'm I am ready when it's ready. Yeah, and I I'm, I just did a little bit of research. So directors and editors, I do believe are not on strike correct yeah directors so are not they can on strike. still be working but yep. because 
Leslie Headland is showrunner and she's a writer. I believe she's on on strike. So um, they would need a little bit more time, I think, in the editing process for the Acolyte. And I'm always okay with it being delayed for good reasons. Um, I just want this show so deeply injected into my veins that I kind of don't care. Uh, that's the, it's the only thing where I'm like, give it to me now. Uh, give me the rough cuts. Give me with the blue screens and the dots on people's faces. I would watch that cut. You want right to be in those. You want to be in like the Disney Rotunda theater with the rest of the staff yes. watching these like gray box environments of them and just like acting off each other with these unlit lightsabers and. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, I want that show so bad. But you know what else I want, Clino? This here Disney Plus special that's set to teach the story of Anakin and Ahsoka to the haters of animation. Disney Plus announced yesterday before the premiere of episode four, The Phantom Menace. That's not right. Whatever. They announced that The Master and Apprentice, a special look at Ahsoka, is set to premiere Friday, September 8th, which at the time sparked speculation that uh, it would serve as a primer for Ahsoka's episode five and Hayden Christensen's return. Spoiler alert. It sure did. Um, fans have long been anticipating Ahsoka's fifth episode since it's the last of the season directed by the series showrunner writer, God himself, Dave Filoni. That's the only information we have on this. So my big question to you is what do you think will be showcased in this special? Well, we've seen a few of these sort of little like special looks happen um, throughout. I think it's really more happening on like the Marvel side uh, of Disney where they've been doing these. I think it's Marvel's Legends, I think, is the like branding yeah. of, of these little specials where it's like kind of a like primer for a character before a movie or a TV show or or their next appearance. And I have a feeling it's going to be that. And most of them are very well done. It's just like these like sick montages um showing why they matter and maybe we'll get some interview clips kind of thrown in there uh feloni has been on this journey with ahsoka since the very beginning um but i have a feeling it's gonna be something as simple as that they're gonna set us up and then they're gonna break our hearts next week and mm -hmm. blow our minds and that sort of thing what is interesting to me as well is like to go on just a quick tangent about these announcements is they're making a really really big deal out of episode five and we've been saying it since the very beginning we're like dave filoni oh, yeah. we circle circle that one the filoni the son and the holy spirit he is directing episode five and we've had it circled since the very beginning of this series since they announced who is directing what and they are making a massive deal uh, about this upcoming episode obviously we get this special this was announced and it was kind of like oh okay episode five is going to be the hayden christensen episode little did we know we would get a little bit of him this week but um they're also releasing episode five in theaters in some places yeah. which is like very very cool so disney knows what they've got um and to me we talk all the time on this show about the benefit of streaming and what you can do in streaming in this free form you can put anything up take anything down do anything with anything sort of content when you own the platform and this is what i have wanted from um like most streamers in general is like because you can you're not locked to this i don't know locked to the cable bundle locked to linear television and that sort of thing you can put up this eight minute thing and yes all like the overhead on this is probably 
fairly low. You're paying an editor really to 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 piece these things together. Unless this is way more involved, and maybe this is like a huge half an hour, twenty minute celebration of these people with Kathleen Kennedy interviews and Dave Filoni interviews and Ashley Eckstein and Matt Latner and Hayden Christensen yeah. and Rosario Dawson oh. all coming <gasps> together. I don't. I feel like it'd be made a bigger deal. Um, if it was, I feel like we would have had a trailer or something like that. But uh, who knows? It's we'll know in a couple mm-hmm. of days. Uh, but like, I, it's fascinating to just see Disney like really, really roll the red carpet out, not for a show, not for a movie, for a specific episode of said of, of a show, which yeah. is is very it's very cool. Um, it, it's gonna be big. It's <laughs> like it's gonna be a big one. I want to touch on everything you just said. I uh, turned on the exit. My bad, everybody. Um, the the official description on the Disney Plus website is dive into the new Star Wars Master Apprentice legacy with the cast and filmmakers of Ahsoka. So it's it seems to be like oh, so skirting, it is, there yeah, there is going to be like. It all, seems like, like skirting a, behind the scenes documentary mm-hmm. territory, like DVD special yeah. features sort of thing. You know, I don't think you do know this, but at the half point of every season, they normally release half of the music for um, the series that they have going on. So shout out Friday. I cannot wait to listen to all oh, do they wait? drops in this case. Do I'm they wait until the end of d- next week. Dude, I hope not. I really hope not. But they could. And no matter what, I'm just I'm chomping at the bit to listen to this Kevin Kiner family score. But it's interesting that they say the new Star Wars Master Apprentice legacy. Um, I wonder what that means specifically. But I also because it's they've hinted so hard at the legacy of Ahsoka Tano's lineage that I think it's going to lead to what we believe it is diving into the Ahsoka, the Anakin of it all, as well as looking at Sabine. And really quick, this is a quick spoiler. One of my notes for this week's episode is Sabine and Ahsoka are the exact same person. Like, Sabine does a couple things, and I'm like, oh, look, it's little snips happening right now. Love to see it. But on the point of them releasing that, uh, releasing episode five in theaters, huge, huge. And so... Everything that we've been saying about what this episode five could be, the prediction I had, seems to be heading in the right direction. So the fact that episode five is, I've heard rumored 49 minutes, mm-hmm. um, insanity that they're putting it in theaters. That means some insane Star Wars that means lore crazy changing stuff. Happen. Yeah, but like this is this is something they haven't done before. They did yeah. special premiere events, I think, for Obi Wan, mm-hmm. maybe like, and that was yeah. at Star Wars Celebration. I'm pretty sure. I don't think that was like all over the country or all over the continent or whatever. And like yeah. this is this is new ground for Disney. Obviously, these theaters are not hurting for content, but like things are maybe a little thinner than they would be if there wasn't. Yes. two strikes going on in the entertainment industry but like this is they they must really feel confident in this thing and th- like this this is going to be groundbreaking stuff i'm pretty sure which is exciting yeah. that's awesome <laughs> it's super awesome i also think it's a test run for the feloni in the theaters approach um for the heir to the empire film just a little soft like a, like a soft release if you will of like a restaurant the soft opening 
Um, I think that's really what they're trying to do here. But I really do think that it's so big that something happens in this move in this in this episode that like changes the course of Star Wars forever. Um, and honestly, it's it's because I think people are about to find out what the world between worlds really is. And I've got a lot of theories on what we Some might guy's find basement. out. It's the bottom it's of Maz's so- castle. <laughs> It's my basement. I don't have a basement, which tells you how deep into the ground it really goes. Uh, and I'm, I'm so excited for all of this. I feel like after Friday, I'm going to have an even more condensed, honed-in idea about what we get uh, next week in Episode 5. And I'm going to say it now. I think we're getting Thrawn. It's not going to be a lot, but... Why would he not premiere in Dave Filoni's episode is my, my, my mindset in the same way that Cad Bane and this and like other characters, it just feels like a Filoni move. But if you want all the latest news about the Star Wars universe, be sure to check out the direct.com as well as our other friendly Star Wars outlet. And as always, as Jack Jack would say, as former teacher who didn't care about his students, David Thompson Whoa. would Whoa. say. Well, I know that's harsh. No one knows it. No one listens to this show. Cite your sources or you will be decapitated like Count Dooku. Them's the rules. I don't make them. The legal system does. Check it out with them. We will be right back after a brief ad break to talk about Ahsoka. You're listening to Reckless Rebellion. This resistance. Hey, fellas, you know how I'm always preaching the gospel of audiobooks? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've teamed up with Amazon as an affiliate to get people free trials to Audible Premium Plus. You're eligible if you've never been an Audible member before or have not been a member for a calendar year. When you sign up, you get up to two free books and one book each month after the trial ends for just $14.95 a month. If you decide to cancel you get to keep your books. You also get unlimited access to the Audible Plus catalog of Audible Originals, podcasts, and more. It's a library so large that it would make Jocasta New blush. With Audible Premium Plus, you can listen to the glory that is from a certain point of view, or Dark Disciple, or Star Wars Brotherhood, all of the High Republic, and of course, all nine books featuring Grand Admiral Mithra Nirodo. Sign up for your 30-day free trial now by clicking the link in the description below to join the Audible Hive. As always, cancel anytime. And we are back. We're going to swing this flagship over to our boy Ahsoka Klino for Ahsoka. Episode 4, Fallen. Jedi. Ahsoka is Jedi. Yes, she is. And we got a lot of Ahsoka being Jedi this week, guys. Episode four is here. We are halfway done Dave Filoni's Ahsoka, which is absolutely crazy. Part four, Fallen Jedi. Before we get into the plot specific, I feel like we have shared a lot of what we thought about the episode, (laughs) just like just in conversation leading into this but um thomas your general thoughts kind of spoiler free we've I, we've we've opened the it was in the cold open guys anakin's yeah. here like um but so general yeah, thoughts back. like what were what what are you feeling coming out of this just how how are you doing when it comes to the ahsoka episode four 
I have watched this episode more than any other Ahsoka episode. And and it is which is how many times uh so far three i think i've watched every other one twice like i watch it the first time and then i try to take a couple notes um this week i I watched it last night i opened it up this morning i watched the final clip i've seen the final like 30 seconds or whatever it is multiple times um and i've rewatched the whole episode three times all the way through uh i love it it is it is it is it is everything a mid-season finale should be it's everything you want from a star wars show all at the same time there's great i think great character growth for a lot of different characters all at the same time with just dialogue back and forth um and we get a really cool robot fight and i'm that's about the extent of spoiler free thoughts uh it's i will say this it is up there for one of the greatest Star Wars episodes of TV we've ever gotten, including Rebels and Clone Wars. Like it's it's high. Yeah, it's um, this is really special. I said it last night when we were all freaking out after watching the episode. As much as I try to keep things bottled in for this uh, for content, um, like this is why we do it. Like this is I, I I was trying to go back in my head. I think I can confidently say this is the best episode. Maybe not the best episode because we did review Andor on this show, but like, yeah, this this is why I wanted to be on a Star Wars podcast is for moments like this. Uh, if you go back and um, look at my review of episode one and two of this series, I talked about this series being the closest, um, like the closest facsimile of the like Lucas Jedi Star Wars saga stories. Um, put to TV, whereas Andor might be better TV. I think this is the most Star Wars TV that we've gotten. It genuinely feels like a Jedi epic, uh, a Star Wars saga film. And this episode is a perfect distillation of that. It is near perfect Star Wars storytelling. There's a lot of action, but the story's moving a lot. Like it just, it works so well. Um, and I think Dave Filoni has really, really honed in on this almost prequel-esque storytelling in the way that things are paced and the yeah. and the way the dialogue works. But this is an example of like what could have been for the prequels, I guess. Like it, it just yeah. it feels like that that George maybe did that too much or like went a little overboard on that. And I'm just sitting here going like, man, like if Dave, why, why did George like, if I could go back in time, I would sit down with George and I would show him Dave Filoni and I'll be like, get this guy to do your prequels because he gets, he fucking gets it. Um, It is episode four of Ahsoka is going to be like, I will remember for the rest of my life where I was during this, the same way I remember where I was for the Luke Skywalker cameo at the end and uh, at the end of Mandalorian season two. Um, and I don't think that both these things can, are great just because they have amazing cameos. Um, the cameo in this specifically, I think a lot of the greatness of this episode will get lost because of the hating Christensen of it all. But I want everyone yes. to remember how special there that there was a lot of special moments in this. I think Ray Stevenson specifically has this is his best episode, and he's been one of the best parts of the show so far. 
And so I'm I'm in love with episode four. It's my favorite episode of the series so far. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of Star Wars television ever made. I am I'm floored. I'm blown away. I didn't know that this was possible, especially coming off like something like Mando season three. I didn't yeah. know that this was possible in this franchise anymore. And it it fucking is Dave Filoni. Filoni, the the what I say, the Filoni, the Son, the the, the Holy Spirit. Like, <laughs> like in that, Filoni, yeah. we trust. I'm just I'm 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 amazed. I want to say two things. One, uh, you mentioned the Anakin Skywalker at the end makes you feel like a lot of great moments might get lost in this episode, and that was my argument last week with jack about the episode three and four getting released together and blah 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 blah. i feel like it would have all like episode three is really good it's a really good travel story it takes them it's not just a oh we're suddenly there we have to go through it okay we're learning we're training we're building our teamwork oh look now we're fighting oh look now we're fighting oh look now we have information now we are caught up with the audience boom now we can head into the next thing and uh, I completely think Anakin Skywalker would have just wiped away all that good shit and everything else in this episode. Because I'm not going to lie to you. This episode is great. And even I am still like, Anakin Skywalker showed up. <laughs> hey, hey, um, there's nothing wrong with it. How can you not? Yeah. Like, I was, a, <sighs> I was a mess. I was crying. This, like, the, it's, I mean, we can get into it, but it's just like, I am... I think that it is so special that there's so many amazing moments in this episode and so much awesome action and character interactions and dialogue happening. And we have the one more thing of like, boom, like it felt like a great Comic-Con conference or like announcement panel where just the whole way it was boom, boom, boom. And I'm getting like, I'm standing up, I'm cheering, I'm pumping my fists. And then that, and one more thing and it's like oh my god and you're just like yeah you feel electric you feel alive i'd go for a walk afterwards like it it's <laughs> it's so 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 special what feloni did with this and what uh director peter ramsey did with this mm-hmm. like it it's i tweeted last night just i understand i i kathleen kennedy is will be around till whenever she doesn't want to be around anymore at lucasfilm but like it is moments like this that make me go, give this man the keys to the kingdom, guys. Like, just like make him the Kevin Feige of it all. Like, I he's yeah. he's only directing a couple episodes here and there. It's not like he is going in and directing these whole series. He's gonna do a movie and that sort of thing. But like it's just he has such a mind for it. He gets this universe. Like I don't think anyone else does in the world. Like, I genuinely think that I genuinely think that Dave Filoni might know this universe better than George Lucas does. It's wild to say that, but I'm, I'm just so impressed. I can't believe that this is real. I know that Jack, if you were here, he would say that I, I just, I can't, I can't believe that this happened. And I have a feeling next week is going to blow the doors off of how we're feeling right now. Yeah, I know. I'm very excited for next week. Um, I, I've got a couple notes at the end of the episode where I'm going to tell you my little anecdotes of what happened when it comes to Filoni, um, and this series, this is like the, the Mandalore. It's like the two best episodes from the book of Boba Fett on repeat. This episode, like this series has been up to the bottom of the floor of what those episodes, you know, like 
the weakest parts of those episodes, I would say, which aren't very weak at all, mind you. Uh, I feel like is the the what this series has been, and then we might have just hit like mid level, like the smallest peak before the big peak about what we're gonna get. I feel like this episode is right up there, and I I got this weird feeling like next week's gonna be oh this is the greatest Star Wars thing that's ever happened. Like this one singular episode is the best Star Wars of all the Star Wars. I mean, I don't want to set like expectations that high, but it's I mean we're I, headed for I've, something. We're headed for something special. I've been I've I've you go back and listen to this this last couple episodes. Yeah. I've been on episode five being that being that episode. And now after what they did at the end of this to set us up, like it looks like everything I've been saying is leading that way. And if that's what they end this episode with, and we have all these rumors, I I'm trying to like temper my expectations, but now I'm like, all right, what are they going to give us that we don't know about? Because that feels like where this series is really going is like, okay, what's the cherry? Cause like, I don't think it can get any better, but you could put 30 cherries on top of this great Sunday of ours. Uh, let's dive into the plot. Let's, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear your beautiful voice just serenade me with words. Okay. Okay. Episode four, Fallen Jedi. As always, we start with a quote, and this week's quote is, Hey, Snips. <laughs> we start on Ahsoka's broken down ship. Uh, Fulcrum, a.k.a. Sabine, is trying to contact Home One Hera to no avail. Uh, Ahsoka's kind of grappling with the idea during this point that making the journey to find Ezra might not actually be the best idea she says if we can't make the journey to find ezra then no one should she's concerned at the consequences of finding this old ghost crew member and in turn thrawn may be the end of it all really ahsoka and sabine they decide you know what we're gonna go find the ground base we're gonna go find this kind of stonehenge area that balin and shin have set up on along with morgan elspeth uh but they've been spotted we get this very cool shot of the ship in the background of the trees and this droid just like from the waist down uh looking out at the ship which i thought was very cool the hk droids have found them of course and so balin we cut to him he sends american shin they they show up and they're like we found him we found the jedi um that's not what shin sounds like (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i could have done a lot better than that but um (laughs) they found them so he sends them off to find Sabine, find Ahsoka, bring them to him. Sabine and Ahsoka, they prepare to search the planet. I loved um, this. After this point, we'll just like stop for a second. I loved this moment where they're kind of preparing and like she's like loading the bullets. It felt very Rebels of them just like kind yeah. of like prepping for the battle and just like hanging out. Uh, Ahsoka continues to sell, tell Sabine and hammer home that this may ultimately not be the best if they were to find Ezra. Like that this, the them going to get to where Ezra and Thrawn, Thrawn are could be the downfall of the New Republic and peace in the galaxy and all of that. So, Thomas, mm-hmm. this is kind of the like beginning, and then we get into a very extended action sequence. So, what do you think about the beginning? And I want to ask about what did you think for the first time? We're really getting these seeds start to be planted of like, hey, maybe this isn't the best idea, um, which is very interesting. And we ultimately go somewhere with that uh, by the end of the episode. But what do you think about that with Ahsoka? All of a, not, I don't know if it's all of a sudden, um, but this is the first time she's vocalized it. Of just, I don't know about this Sabine. Like if, yeah, I like the, if we can't make the journey, no one should. I think it's a very, she's, she's being very logical 
and she's not wrong in any way, shape, or form. You do not want. She's seen bad things happen before. Exactly, right? and you don't want Thrawn back on the chessboard. Like, I I'm intrigued to know what led her to start chasing these whispers of Thrawn. Like, was it just whispers of Thrawn, or was it a feeling, if you will? So, I I think that she's she's right. I mean, I'm a Thrawn stan. You don't want him on the board. He will wipe you off the face of the galaxy. He will literally he has he is so damn good. He has to be in a whole entire other galaxy to be held off and held at bay. So think about that. One thing I do want to note, maybe my favorite part of this sequence, they're talking about Thrawn and it's like, you know, uh, if we can't, you know, we can't allow Thrawn to get back on to allow Thrawn to come back as heir to the Empire. And at that moment, Thrawn's theme does play. And yeah, the, I'll just say the Kiners me. here, they are oh. they they are going off. They've done very well this whole episode. But like we we they talk about Kevin, Indy. it is a family effort, but like I'm this episode, they had there was some good music happening. It was I I can't I feel like I say this every week. I feel like the music peaked. <laughs> just, but like every week it peaks, so it's really just like a climb. But yeah, it's like Barney uh, Stinson's mixtape and How I Met Your Mother. Just all peak, oh no, there's no <laughs> all peak, no valley, <laughs> all rise, baby, all rise, no fall. That's right, all rise. Um, we get back into it. Uh, the droids, the HK droids that we're kind of looking out, they uh, attack the ship, and the first person they go up against is Hu Yang. We get a little rock'em sock'em robots going on, oh, which yeah, I thought baby. was very interesting and very cool because we don't see droid on droid fighting a lot. It's usually yeah. droid on Jedi. The only time I could think of that we've seen it is R2-D2 spraying the oil on the yeah. floor and lighting it on fire in <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the and Sith. I I Stupid like that's we haven't really seen robot fisticuffs in Star Wars before, which I think is really neat. Um, uh, sorry, Wars. Oh, sabers come out. It's awesome. Sabine and Ahsoka are there. They destroy these HK droids. I have written in the doc. They murk these fools. That's how I was feeling <laughs> in the moment. They <laughs> take these these clowns to school and ahsoka says that hu yang needs to prioritize the transponder in bringing the ship back to life because they really need to connect with hera we then cut to the new republic fleet hera jason and chopper they break the rules they head off for ahsoka and sabine and who should join them but a couple x-wings including as hera says over the over the um transponder the communicator Mr. Teva. Carson Teva is here. The man, the myth, the legend. He has now, I think, appeared in every Mandoverse uh, series so far. He has. Captain he, Carson He Teva. is the connective tissue which with we build the Mandoverse. It is him. <laughs> He's our Phil Coulson. There we go. He's, I, that is a great comparison. Carson Teva, the Phil Coulson of the Mandoverse. Um, we we then go back. Fuck. They're they're flying away. Uh, we then go back to the. I'm forgetting the name of the planet. Cito, I believe. Cetos. Yes, we go to Cetos. Balin and Morgan are doing some kind of evil finger twirling. Well, ha 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 ha. They're like, we need to. Our our calculations are incorrect. We'll we'll be lost in the void of unknown space. <gasps> Gasp! And they're trying to calculate the hyperspace hyperspace route, which with which to traverse the to this other galaxy to find Ezra to find Thrawn Ahsoka and Sabine they run 
they just start booking it. They are going towards this ground base. They are going to end this thing before a light uh, hyperspace route can be figured out. They come face to face with Merrick and Shin. There is a sick battle. Uh, before they go, Hu Yang says, "It's best if you fight together. You're better like you're better together than you are alone." Uh, they split up though. Uh, Ahsoka takes on <laughs> Merrick, um, Shin. Urshin and Sabine, they start fighting as well. There's a whole lot of Saber stuff. Balin and Morgan are still calculating their hyperspace route. More Saber stuff happens. I'm running through the Saber stuff, but it's just a lot of awesome Saber action. so good. Merrick does the full Grand Inquisitor. I'm just going to spin my lightsaber at you. And then he gets got. Boom! Cut in the chest. The moment Mm -hmm. everyone was waiting for. Finally. Finally. Starkiller revealed to be Merrick. No, it, he is dust. He dusts away. That is it. The end of Merrick. So I'll stop here very quickly, Thomas. Please. Night sister magic. Night sister magic. Yeah. So okay. I've got three, I've got three possibilities for that section of what it could be. Uh, it could be the husk of an armor am, uh, animated by magic. Just an empty set of armor with, with dust seems the most unlikely an inquisitor potentially it could be a weak force user powered uh powered up by the magic like savage opress uh they gave him big muscles and all that good stuff it also could be and this is the most likely in my opinion a reanimated corpse um of that's what i think it was inquisitor and uh that's always fun. That's always really fun. So no to have confirmation that, that it wasn't Starkiller is all I'll say. Hey, <laughs> I didn't that's see a no good body. Way. <laughs> that's a good way to be, honestly. Um, um, Ahsoka, uh, she runs off after killing Merrick. She's going to stop Morgan and Balin. Sabine stays behind to fight Shin. We get this incredible moment where Sabine loses her saber, reaches out to use the force, and I'm thinking, here comes the force theme. It's going to happen. And no, she's just fucking with Shin and shoots her with <laughs> shoots her with the gun. Um, Ahsoka goes and confronts Balin. He brings up Anakin. He says, Anakin talked highly of you. And she's kind of like, well, he never talked about you, which is awesome. They have a great... Yeah. I talked about this. You can go listen to the Boardwalk Times. This is the Waycast. I guessed it on, them, on their show last night, immediately following the episode. We had a great conversation about this kind of verbal sparring match between Balin and Ahsoka before they even pull out their lightsabers. And I said to their host over there, Giovanni, that some of the biggest blows come with words here and not lightsabers just the way that they're talking back and forth felt very stage play felt very shakespearean felt very samurai movie the way they're just sizing each other up and talking at each other and i ate up every goddamn second of it um ahsoka she ends up grabbing the map seemingly ending the uh, root calculation process but burns her hand sabine shows up uses a smoke screen um in the forest or sabine is in the forest uses a bit of a smoke screen Smokes dissipates and Shin is gone. That's Where actually Shin? backwards. Shin uses the smoke screen. Oh, okay. Shin yeah. uses the smoke screen. Smoke dissipates she, and Shin is gone. She thinks Shin she's shows up at the at the henge, right? Yeah. And Ahsoka just cracks this woman against a rock. One of the most violent sounds in a Star Wars thing ever. Her body thuds, and I was like, "Oh my god." Ahsoka just killed that woman. The, every bone in her body is liquid. No, it, it, she's fine. She ends up getting up, but <laughs> she's fine. Uh, <laughs> Sabine has the map. She shows up. 
grabs it. Ahsoka tells her to destroy it. Balin knocks Sabine over a cliff. Boom. And I was like, wait a second. She's going to be hanging there. I was like, this is Indiana Jones. She's going to be hanging there. It's going to be fine. Whatever. Balin turns to Sabine. And as she has her blaster to the map, he talks about Ezra. He talks about her lost family, talks about the common, their common goal, that they want the same thing. They just want to bring back somebody that means a lot to them, will help them in whatever, feel their fulfillment. Sabine does the thing that I'm going to stop and talk about very quickly here after we're done. Sabine lowers her blaster. Balin, he's made a very convincing case. She hands Balin the map. Shin gets up, chokes Sabine to the ground, ends up releasing her thanks to Balin. Root calculation process gets back up and running. And then Balin destroys the map. So mm. we'll get to it. I uh, haven't really talked about it, but this episode ends with Sabine going off with, with Shin, with yeah. Balin. And I've seen a few people talk about it online. I mentioned it again over on the Boardwalk Times podcast. You can go listen to that as well. This is something in Star Wars that I haven't really seen be done before. And it's almost something that I wish I'm going to bring it up. I wish they had done at the end of The Last Jedi. Star Wars is very good at the good people can become or the bad people can become good. And good people over time can become bad. But if you're a good person, you rarely make bad decisions unless you're on the path for evil. Mm -hmm. And this is this. I don't think Sabine is on the path for evil. This is Sabine making a selfish, quote unquote, if we want to put it in black and white, bad decision, siding with the bad guys, not going with what the the good Ahsoka wanted to do. And I find that I, I love that. Like that is so interesting, is so fascinating. It's amazing to me that Balin, one of the most interesting Star Wars villains we've had in forever, is the one that brings that out of her. I'm just I'm I I love this swing from Filoni. It is a it's completely selfish move by somebody who the audience is looking up to and looking as a hero. Yeah. And I love it. I love the swing. I like I just this is this is awesome. I there's so much that happened in this little sequence that I really want to talk about. I'm going to work my way back. Um, I'm going to work my way in a circle like a like a wolf on a world on a wall. So there's a moment uh, earlier, like right before this, you know, there's a good bit of dialogue between the two. One of them is. Your master would have destroyed between it, Ahsoka but, and Balin. Uh, between Sabine and Balin. Oh, Sabine and Balin. Sabine. Yeah. And he's like, you're not like her, are you? And Sabine says, more than you know. Well, I think that's amazing because right before earlier on when they're fighting, Sabine and Ahsoka show that they work so well as a team uh, in the fight at the ship. And then how they react to uh, Hu Yang. Um, it just tells me that Sabine and young Ahsoka are so similar with their sarcasm, with their mannerisms, with their confidence. And, and I love that. So when that line comes up, you know, you're not like her, are you more than, you know, check park number one, let's not forget what young Ahsoka was willing to do at different times when it came to what she thought was the right thing. And sometimes she made a quote unquote selfish decision that was for the greater good. Um, putting on my future glasses, it seems to all work out for the rebellion at the end of the day, after 30 years, whatever, fuck them. 
But then we also get the very important nugget and line here. Uh, Ezra is, you feel like Ezra's, you know, the last bit of family you have. Your family died on Mandalore because your master didn't trust you. So we not only get a an important reasoning like why is Sabine going this way? Well, she feels kinship to uh, to Ezra in a very strong way that I think she needs. Why? Well, her family died in the night of a thousand tears and she wasn't there to help. Why? Well, Ahsoka. So why? Well, she's going to do what she needs to do to get her family back. Something that Ahsoka would very much do, which spoiler alert, I think we're going to find out in the next episode. She was willing to do whatever she had to do in Rebels to try and get back to Vader and try and win him over to the light side again and get him to turn. That was her goal leading up to confronting Vader. So again, you're not like her, are you? More than you know. I love that Sabine gave that map over. Selfishly, I was like, give him the fucking map. Let's go find Thrawn. Get in, losers. We're going to find our boys, Bridger and Bo- Blue Boy. So I love Bridger it. Bridger and Blue Boy coming Bl- to Bri- Disney Plus next year. Bridger and Blue Boy. <laughs> Buddy <Hold> Cop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it for selfish reasons, but I also love it in a character choice. This is something. Th- this is Sabine Wren who has made weapons of mass destruction and at different points in time was willing to kill everybody to stop it when she they find out about it and she tries to do whatever she does and then ends up wiping out you know uh gar saxon uh played by if i'm not mistaken uh ray stevenson she killed ray stevenson before yes love that so uh turn it right around and now she's making another hard decision for what she thinks is for the for her for her best good but also having Ezra back on the back on the map is good they don't have contact with Luke Skywalker best that I can tell they have Ahsoka who's you know fulcruming out there but having someone ingrained in the military as a Jedi or as a force user is very important at this moment in time, especially when it comes to building the new Jedi order. Like there's a lot going on in here that I think we're going to find out a little bit more going forward, but I just, I love it. I'm with you, man. This is amazing. And it's something we really don't often see I don't call this a quote unquote bad choice. I mean, we know the outcome and that Thrawn's coming back. So that's not exactly the best choice, but this is a great choice. This is one of those middle grounds. There is a no-win scenario. It's a Kobayashi Maru to steal from Star Trek, that great series and movies you know so and well. You know and love so and well. So, you love and know so well, Klein. There we go. I'm dyslexic. Um, and this is one of those no-win scenarios. And I think Sabine, I think she truly does make the right choice because it's not about the quote-unquote greater good, which shout out to that Thrawn book. It's about family and it's one of those things like, what are you willing to give up for your family? It's amazing. It's, it is, it's really special. And as I said, like when, as we get towards the end here, some of these moments will be kind of forgotten, but um, it is really special. So back to the plot, uh, Hu Yang and Hera finally 
did like finally get through to each other and who yang singles or signals kind of the team down says we're down here on the planet as i said balen slices through the map sabine's now their prisoner and they are ready to make the jump to hyperspace Hera and her team of x-wings they head towards the planet head towards the hyperspace ring the eye of scion kind of their idea is we're going to try and block it they can't jump through us we will block it we'll get in their way now it doesn't mean anything. The droids on Morgan's eyes, Zion, are like, they're in our way. And Morgan's like, we don't care. <laughs> Whatever. And they jump. They go. Boom. Gone. Into the vast reaches of hyperspace. We have no idea. They destroy a couple X-Wings along the way. Hera and most of her team are still around, but they are depowered. They, they've lost a couple people. Carson Teva still makes it. Um, and can we shout out one line here really quick? Yeah. Little Jason says, mom, I, I've got a bad feeling. And he looks so sick. He doesn't say I've got a bad feeling about this though. Did <laughs> I say about this or did I just say he's got no, a bad no, feeling? No, 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 He okay. just, uh, he just says I've got a bad feeling. And that's what she said. But when he said it, I was yeah. like, you were so close. You were so close to having the star Wars thing. But the reason why I think it stands out the most is not just what he says, but his actual reaction. I think it's the start of his force sensitivity. Ooh. Yeah. That's my little nugget. Is force for this. sensitive. Yeah. And when he touches the force, you know what that means? Daddy's home. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. He's there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, then ah it all happens um we head oh, back oh. to the planet named Cetos. Cetos, and we see the water lapping up against the stonehenge cliff i'm thinking in my head yeah she's gonna pop up like she'll be underwater she'll see a vision we're gonna get indiana jones here like they oh, ahsoka yeah. tano is not dead she cannot die she is the hero her name's in the show the waves continue to lap slowly turning into some other substance of some sort. Yeah. We cut and start to, or we don't cut. We slowly transition, slowly wipe to Ahsoka's face. And here it is, Thomas, the world between worlds in live action, baby. It is. Wins! It is here. <laughs> she gets up. She looks around kind of confused. She's been to the world between worlds before, however. She does yeah. Ezra through Ezra pulled her through. She's been there, but I don't know if she 100% knows what's going on. Is she dead? Whatever. And then we hear hey snips and Klein gets up, starts crying, starts screaming, runs around the living room. The rest of the dialogue between Ahsoka or the the camera pans up. There's some more dialogue between Ahsoka and Anakin. One of the lines he says is I wasn't expecting you so soon, which is very interesting. And says yeah. a couple more things. We just get some good long looks at Hayden's de-aged Revenge of the Sith face. And then it cuts to black. And all we hear is bum, 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 bum. End of the episode. Woo! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I got goose pimples. <laughs> So I guess, Thomas, the whole world between worlds of it all, the Hayden of it all, um, yeah. very interesting. The look of him, I'm, I am I need to see more. It, it is the de-aging 
is very evident. It does not look quite um, like he looked in Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was just like, we're going to make older Hayden just be younger Hayden instead of doing any sort of digital shenanigans on his face. Yeah. But I thought this whole, this whole scene was like bone chilling. It's incredible hearing Hayden Christensen, as I've, I've said many times, Ahsoka is my favorite star Wars character of all time. The relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin is my favorite relationship in star Wars, this brother sister thing. It's their arc is just so incredibly tragic and so incredibly sad. But one of my biggest things in my heart being a prequels kid is like, I've just I've never heard Hayden Christensen interact with Ahsoka ever because it hasn't yeah. happened. And so to hear him say, hey, Snips, that being the first thing. Oh, my God. Like Dave Filoni knows what he's doing. Like <laughs> she is. He, is <laughs> he has Klein's heartstrings plucked out in front of him and he's just like playing around with him because just oh, my God, it, it was perfect. It was perfect, 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 perfect. Um, there are a few interesting notes like he's got. People seem to think, and it, it's not his lightsaber at his hip. It is Vader's, which is oh, it's, it's interesting. Shout out Jack Pugh. Cite your sources. Internet. Yeah. Well, Jack Pugh's was, he, he said, I think, it, oh, okay. So Jack initially said, I think it's his, the Vader saber, but it could be lighting. It's probably lighting. And now people have looked at it and it's, it's definitely Vader saber, but yeah, it's, what did you think, Mr. World Between Worlds? You say it, it's a drinking game on the show every week. You, you <laughs> bring up World Between Worlds, live action. It looks 40. good. I oh. love it. I love the look. Honestly, it looks better than sex feels, if I'm being dead oh, honest. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a nerd that I don't even care how dumb that sounds. Um, when we're transitioning from the waves, like I'm like, all right, cool. What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm like, it looks like it's transitioning from waves to something else. And then I realize, like, oh, it did. And the little outer body, I go, Oh, wait a minute. Is that stars pop up behind it? And I go, oh, I jump out of my, I jump off the couch. I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Are they doing it? The, I, I don't know. And it pans to her face. She opens her eyes. She starts moving around. It zooms out just enough to realize that she's on the walkway. She's not even stood up yet. And I'm already screaming. I was right. Holy shit. I can't believe I was right. She gets up. She's you know, like kind of get re getting reoriented. We see behind her. There's no one behind her in that first shot. Then it says mysterious voice. Cause I, I was still like over the moon, like <gasps> hyperventilating. And I see, Hey snips, mysterious voice. And I go, Oh my God. And then they, she's like, I thought that was uh -huh. it. I thought it, I was sitting I there that thinking was like be they gave too. us the perfect amount of Hayden. Like every right there, second yeah. I'm like, they're going to cut, they're going to cut, they're going to cut, they're going to cut, they're going to cut. And they get like, they, we got Just, a good chunk of them and then all, it was cut. No, all peaks, no valleys, baby. It was it's all peaks, no valleys. So when he said, uh, I didn't expect to see you so soon. That's when I realized we're about to see him because his voice is getting stronger we turn around, we see him. She's like, Anakin, she lights up. She's young Ahsoka in that moment. And you can see it. I, shout out David Thompson. He mentioned the acting in that sequence for her. Yes, I agree 100. It's the best Rosario Dawson has been as Ahsoka. Yeah. In this it's, it is two minute sequence. Classic. Ahsoka. Yeah, it's, it's classic Ahsoka for sure. Like it is classic Ahsoka. Um, and 
upon re and then it cuts to black and i literally once it showed hayden i sat down and i started squealing to myself because i did, i'd already yelled i was like they're, they're climb buddy they're doing it i rewatched that three times before i even hopped in our group like just that one sequence over and over things i've noticed uh because we're really fast world between worlds wow um i i i i didn't actually expect us to get there it was it was such a big and a big uh shout out uh return of the pod for a hot wish they like to call it like something they don't know is gonna happen it's like a hot take but it's in the future bro super big hot wish clear wish is what this was and once we got to the world between worlds i was like oh, I get next week i'm right <laughs> hopefully we'll get to anakin at some point and then they gave us anakin and then i couldn't hold myself together uh, yet for minutes in my house star wars is fucking awesome while my roommate's brother was sitting next to me just like okay cool um upon all the rewatch you're right it is vader's saber on his hip a b He's de-aged and it doesn't look right. He looks kind of like Clone Wars Anakin. I think that is on purpose. The line, I didn't expect to see you so soon, I think is, is mentioned, plus adding in his look. I think this is meant to be, at least in this version of Anakin, the first time he's seen Ahsoka since they parted ways. And I think the line also, because he's got Vader's saber, we hear Vader's Since theme. they parted ways... Pre season seven, pre okay, so pre order since 66. they parted ways. So, so she's come back, she's left the order, she's come back, and then like they've split again, exactly. Yes, right before okay. she goes to do the battle of Mandalore and he yep. goes to save the chancellor from Dukas. So, I think that's kind of where it's hinting at leading to. Um, and there's a lot of evidence for that. Uh, there's a lot of theories out there too that. He's already fallen to the dark side. This is Anakin pre-mask, pre-battle on Mustafar. He has a touch of extra sadness in his eyes. And Ahsoka is like super excited to see him and see that he's all right. Or at least this version of him is. So I believe that he has... This is going to lead to him and her doing the Mustafar rumor. Um, I think that's where it's about to go in this reality that's been done. He expects her to be dead essentially. So I didn't expect to see you so soon. He didn't expect to see her at all because she should be dead. Um, I think that's where that's going to go. I also think that this version of Anakin we're seeing now isn't real. It's a straight-up vision in some form or fashion. It might even be leftover dark energy from Palpatine when he spoke, like poked into the world between worlds. And I think later on in the episode next week, we'll get the real Anakin Skywalker, the real Hayden Christensen, and I don't think he'll actually be aged up at all or aged down. I think that it's done this way for a reason because it doesn't look right, and I think that's part of the appeal to doing it the way they did it and doing it because it doesn't look right, but not just because it doesn't look right. Cause we didn't do, want it to, or we didn't, it doesn't look right. Cause we couldn't make it. We don't want it to look right. So it then cues everybody forward foreshadows. This is not what you think it is. 
adding in the Vader touch, I think, leads to that even more. Another quick theory about the world between worlds that I've been saying for a long time. I don't know if I said it on this podcast more than once, but I'm saying it now. I think the world between worlds is actually the key to force ghosts. I think they might physically exist in the world between worlds. And the only time that they can kind of come through to the other side is when they can harness enough power and energy as a force ghost to, to, to manifest as a force ghost. They can speak to them, utilize the voice the force, uh, the the vibrations of the force to get their voice through, but physically manifesting takes a lot of energy. And I think that the world between worlds is the key to that. And I have a feeling we might find that out next week. Uh, I feel like there was one more thing that I wanted to say. Let me look at my notes here, Klein. How, what do you think about all that shit I just said? First off, I, mean, I, I want your thoughts this this definitely just because of the saber and everything like this definitely feels like they're setting it up not to be our hayden christensen not to be our anakin skywalker yeah um and that's the beauty of world between worlds is it is kind of like multiverse sort of storytelling you can you can dip in and out and and do that sort of thing my the fascinating question for me is the last time we saw ahsoka here mm-hmm. in the world between worlds she was pulled in yeah who pulled her that is exactly is she dead right Ooh. like is that's she a, dead and then oh. it's see that's it, a it, good question i don't like, like i did anakin pull it, her in did i can pull her in is someone else in there or, is, did the more i pull her in yeah but i've seen that going around too it's oh really nice um think of it too i like that's my biggest question is one why is she here? How did she yes. get here? Um, and ultimately, how does she get out? All of those are great questions. Every single I don't have any notes. I just I have the same questions. I will say. Um, okay, so. Uh, okay. Uh, I think next week we also learn. We'll, you guys were talking on this is the way cast by the way everybody needs to listen to that right now it's a fucking phenomenal episode um the host is giovanni you said yes i'm bad with names if i don't see their face and match it with it giovanni um big star wars nerd on the level of sounds like he reads all the high republic books yeah he's intense he He brought up he brought up avar chris and i was like my dude by the way giovanni you were totally right she's the music force user uh the the one who sees the force via the music um i I can't wait to find out how ahsoka sees it to be dead honest with you but back to the plot um you mentioned that she grabs the thing she gets burned and it's witchcraft so there's a theory that we're going to learn more about the night sister magic and the delvings and the multiple uses of the force in this series and i'm wondering if because she got burned by the thing and it was heated by night sister magic if that amplified her ability to break through that plane a b because it was i'm trying to remember was it relit at that point it was not relit maybe when it was relit I don't know where she would grab on, but as it was relit, it opened the portal to go to the world between worlds. Because again, another prevailing theory I have, 
it's not really a prevailing theory. It's just a theory that I have. To get to the other galaxy, you do actually have to access the world between worlds in a certain way that is not necessarily the same way as we've always seen it portrayed, the world between worlds. So I think she might have been amplified by that night sister magic to kind of get in there. And maybe she just... I've always wondered, because she's been there, there's got to be a way to tap into the world between worlds without having to go through the gate the same way. In the same way that when Yoda and Ezra communicated, they were in the world between worlds, but Ezra didn't know that. Like, it's a kind of a communal place in the Force. Maybe, by the way, that's where Mortis was... Oh, I broke myself, kids. I've never, <laughs> I've always wondered, I've always wondered where Mortis might have been. I, I feel like I've had this thought before on the show. Is what Mortis, if Mortis the world between worlds? Was the world between worlds. And now that it's empty and not lived in by anyone, it's now hidden off. And it's, it's, it's instead of being a planet, a manifestation of a planet, it's a manifestation of walkways and doorways all throughout the galaxy. One final note. Because I don't really, I'm just spinning yarn here trying to figure out what it all could mean. Anakin and Ahsoka, I have a great what if here, by the way. This is a what if utilizing the world between worlds. Uh, Filoni loves to tie everything together. What if Anakin shows Ahsoka some of the future and some of the past, some alternates and some truths? And one of those is Rey. And she's saying, be with me. Speak to me. Be with me. And that's how we get Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka giving their lines to her in that moment to take down Palpatine. I would love to see it. That's actually like a big hope that I have. I don't expect it. I highly doubt it'll happen, but I, I got big hope. Um. Do you think Balin is trying to access the world between worlds and doesn't realize it? I don't know. I'm Balin to me is yes, we just got Hayden Christensen and the world between worlds and, and we're looking for Ezra and we're looking for Thrawn. Balin for me is still the most interesting character here because I don't, I can't get a read on what the heck, what's his goal? Why is he doing this? What like, and I want to know. I think we're going to get answers. We have four episodes left. This really felt like oh and like second to last episode energy yeah. leading into a finale. And but we have four more of them. Um, <laughs> wild. But I like I. There's so many bailing questions you can ask me, and I'm just going to go. I don't know, but I want to know. Like that's. I, I guess that's where they want us to be with him. I'm fascinated. I want it. I'm so just enthralled with him and why he's doing it and i find yes shin's a little like bit i'm a bad guy he 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 he. but i think that they play off each other pretty well um yeah the with balin being this he's so multi-layered and i like i want how what what was the goal who was he where'd he come from why is he here and tell me all of the things please I, I think we, like I mentioned, I think we'll get real Anakin and Ahsoka. I do think that he will talk to her because because I, I, I want to say this now. I want to kind of repeat as best I can. And f- I might cut in what I actually said here at this moment 
uh, for my prediction of episode five, I might just rehash it now and not worry about the editing later. Um, at the end of next week's episode, Ahsoka will finally be ready to be a master. I, I think it was Nathan Johnson today. Uh, him and Jack Jack and I are in a, a big are in a group thread talking about this stuff as one does. Um, and he was mentioning that this could be Anakin Skywalker pulling her in, saving her to give her one final lesson as a master so that she can then go. Teach. I love that. Give yeah, that can, to me. Yeah. Can then go on to teach that and, you know, teach others what you have learned. So, uh, cause she never finished it. She never was a Jedi. And there's a chance that this is actually Anakin Skywalker that we've seen. I know I said, I don't think it is, but it could be. And he's actually just utilizing his dark, like the dark side to put her through a ringer, a Jedi trial, if you will, to be like, you are now a full fledged Jedi. You may not, ha you don't have to accept it, but no matter what you do, you should teach what you know. I also think Anakin will give her information on Balin because they, they've mentioned Anakin without saying his name until this episode. Your master, your master, you come from a long lineage of the son of Jedi. So they've hinted at it. Honestly, we should have seen it coming when they mentioned Anakin. I think the fact they put it in the trailer that it was going to mention Anakin took us off the, off the trail, which is beautiful. Um, but I do think that Anakin is the key for Ahsoka learning more about Balin, maybe us, maybe not us. We might learn about Balin from Balin. I think there's a chance Balin may want to save or restart the Jedi Order in his own image, if you will. Because he had a great line. Faith. I lost that a long time ago. Oh, crushes it. So many good lines. So, so many, many good, good lines. Does he have the Usually best lines? <laughs> he does. And most of them are queued up by questions from Morgan Elspeth. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's, um, we'll see where we go. Episode five. Going to be here in no time. And then we've got like four episodes from here, three episodes from there. And like yeah. the series going to be over before we know it. Thomas. Yes. Before we get out of here. We're getting out. We're, we're going to do it. How many bad batchers out of five are we giving episode four of Ahsoka, baby? Let me put on my critical hat. Mm, yes. Your mon I think monocle, little top hat with a cue card mm. in it. Yes, mm, well. this is a fantastic message indeed. It's episode four with shallow and pedantic. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to go five. But I, d I don't know if I have anything that actually brings it down for me. Um, Do you want me to go first while you think about it? Yeah, you might help me out. This is a five out of five, baby. If we're not giving a five to anything. This is a goddamn five. I, I knew, like, you know me, I'm always going high end. So I was like, let me be really honest with myself. Is it just the, the reveals? Five doesn't it's mean five. perfect. I'll say that about review scales forever. A five out of five, anything Fair. does not mean perfect. It just is. It's a masterpiece. It. It's like, it is, it is fantastic. It's great. I would recommend it to anybody who, if you've loved, if you like Star Wars in any way at all, this episode has something for you. It's the best of this series has had to offer so far. And it's this is a five out of five. I think I'm going to tell my dad, like, hey, dad, all I want for my birthday is you to sit down and watch Ahsoka with me, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you're going to end yeah. it with the motherfucker. Really? Oh, yeah. That's 
Okay. That's how that's how he'll know I'm serious. He'll be like, "Well, you know, I did make you," and I'll be like, "Dad, let's not talk about my conception, please. I'm not Drax. I don't like that." Um. Yeah, it's a five, man. Like I was trying to be like, you know, I feel like if Jack were here, he wouldn't give it a five, just because it's Jack. Nothing's perfect, as Jack likes. Jack likes to say. As I said, five out of five is not perfect. It's just amazing. It's a perfect rating. Yeah, it is a perfect rating, but that doesn't mean like <laughs> I could sit here and be like, yeah, well, the budget, like there was like whatever, like the, the the drawbacks of this episode, which we have not brought up at all. And I don't really think there really are any except maybe the T- TV budget shows a little tiny bit like but I can overlook it for all of the amazing dialogue and action and surprises and story that's told here. That five out of five doesn't mean it's perfect. It's just the best we got. I one little fan thing. Well, I mean that when the Scion, the Eye of Scion, moves on and it goes mm-hmm. through, I was wondering, like, does Holdo learn about this, and that's why she thinks of the Holdo maneuver? Mm. I don't know. Or is one like, very very quick I, question. Yep. Speaking of the Eye of Scion jumping through the, to, okay. to, um, I almost Ooh. said to Starfield, um, jumping through hyperspace. Do we think that to get to where they're going, Hera and all of them are going to use the Purgle in a similar fashion to oh. Ezra and Thrawn? If they go there. Yes. I believe that's another little lesson that'll pop up next week. I think next week's just like, here is your exposition. Here's all the lessons. You are now all Padawans. I'm your master. My name is Daddy Dave Filoni. Um, I don't know if they need to, though. It sounds like there's a chance that Ezra Bridger comes back with them and is allowed to leave. Because, A... Uh, Balin gave his word that Sabine would not be harmed. Will Thrawn follow through with that? I think so. I also think that Thrawn and Ezra will have had to have survived in some form or fashion. And I, I don't. Boys now. I I literally do think that they might be like at the very well, least have respectful. To a- yeah, respectful adversaries because Thrawn always respected the rebels. That's something that's not really ever mentioned. He always respected them because of their craft, and it was a good challenge to try and chase them down. Uh, Ezra, although I don't think he respects Thrawn's tactics at times, respects the respects Thrawn enough to know he's got to get him off the fucking board in a way. So I think together they're like, look, we're off the board. Like At this moment, we are now allies. Thrawn is always down to make a new ally. So I think that Ezra might come back with them. And then it's like, well, what is he planning? And Ezra's like, I don't know. But I know that we have to stop him. Like, it might just pick right back up. Rebels, he's in six. So um, I have a question for you. Do you think we get Thrawn at the very end of next week like we got Anakin this week? Yeah, I think that Thrawn is. I think Thrawn's in the next episode, but I don't think he's in a lot of it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I think he's very much like a... I think this whole episode could be Anakin and Ahsoka's World Between Worlds adventure. And then at the very end, we do our magic little thingy to get out of there. And all of a sudden, 
It's like we found him. And I, I mean, literally, I don't think he'll speak. I think he'll just be unless seen. they want to make this whatever they're going some big reveal and have it like have them come out of hyperspace at the beginning of episode uh, six. I could see that. And Maybe so they're already well, back as well. Uh, well, no, like coming out of oh. hyperspace into oh, whatever there. this new galaxy is and having this big like oh, yeah. or i could even see that being the end of episode five where yeah. maybe we get a couple interstitials with them in hyperspace talking uh like balin and and morgan and them um not not thrawn and then we open up into this new galaxy and things look weird and wacky and whatever um and then in episode six, we we get our first looks at Thrawn. What I'm hoping for, as you said, is like the rumor's 49 minutes, including credits. So say 46 minutes or whatever yeah. for episode five. I hope like 40 of it is just Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah. Um, I hope, and and we get we get cuts. Maybe we have to to like other parts of the story, but. 90% of the episode is just is the two of them and is world between world stuff. I think that's what we're going to ultimately get. That's yeah. they wouldn't brand the way they're branding it. They wouldn't do that uh, if it wasn't for it being like some big, crazy world between world stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, fine folks on this here uh, podcast that listen to us. What is it called? I don't know. I don't burn out of words. What did you think? Of this week's episode. I know a lot of you have already actually reached out to me. Uh, Klein, did you get a bunch of messages this morning from people who had, who had seen it being like, Klein, ah! I got a lot no. of exclamation points. <laughs> what? <I didn't. laughs> that, that, guys, message Klein. Um, DMs well, are open. <laughs> DMs are open. Yeah, slide into D- Klein's DMs and talk about this episode. Uh, I did get a lot of messages from like, from casual friend, casual friend, got friends that are casual fans of Star Wars. Some of our listeners, uh, some of the other podcast friends that we have hopping on. So basically, once the world between worlds happened, I think everyone came to me because they knew I was going to be like losing my mind. Tell us what you thought over at Reckless Rebels on Twitter, R E C K L E S S R E B E L S. I, uh, Klein, where can everyone find you? You can find me everywhere at the Klein Felt, T H E K L E I N F E L T, and writing every day over at thedirect.com, doing a whole lot of One Piece coverage right now. If you watch the live action anime or live action Netflix series, if you've ever watched the anime and have int- interest in the live action series, head on over to the direct right now. We've got a ton of awesome articles about the live action series, how it compares to the anime. And I did an interview last week with uh, one of the cinematographers from the series. And so we'll Ooh. have coverage from that Ooh. coming pretty quickly. Ooh. Have you watched any of um, the Netflix series, Thomas? It has serious Thomas energy. I, the show is like the the, really? a, the anime is a lot of fun, uh, and it's very silly, and it's all about heart and dreams and family. Uh, and the live action, I think you would dig the live action series if you aren't. The the anime is a big commitment. Eleven hundred episodes is a lot, but the first the first season of the Netflix series is fantastic. It's it okay. is is genuinely a lot of fun. I think that you would love it. You specifically would really like it. I will pitch the scene. How I will piece. how I will pitch it to you is it's Star Wars Rebels on pirate ships. Fuck. That's good. I do like pirate ships. So that's a good, good. pitch. You can find me over 
on the Twitter sphere and every other social media at TC Rochester Act, T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. Also, I'm going to pitch this here and now. I'm going to, I'm giving it, putting it in your ears. Next week, I'm going to be on uh, Genuine Chit Chat with our buddy Mike. He was on our Thrawn episode. He asked me before Ahsoka started, or maybe it was after episode one. It was somewhere right there. He goes, hey, do you want to hop on this week? And I was like, I do want to hop on, but I'm going to put, I'm going to call my shot and say, I want to be on episode five. Cause it's the world between worlds episode. We're fucking here. You shot. You did I it. called my shot. The big Bambino of this here, star Wars shtick. Um, so I'm going to be on that next week. So be on the lookout for that in a week. Be ready because we're going to be diving deep into some books, some lore. There's no telling what we're going to have to pull from over there. And we're so deep in books and High Republic that we basically can't have a, a five-minute chat without going off ten topics. Uh, it's, it's like when all four of us rebels are here, but it's only two guys. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, be sure to head on over to the Twitter sphere. Uh, to also hop on, listen to the This is the Way cast that Klein was on. That was fantastic with Giovanni and our good buddy, uh, the boardwalk broker himself, Zach Perelstein. He, he runs the whole site over there. But head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music to leave a review for our show here at Reckless Rebellion. Uh, leave a comment. Tell us how much if we smell bad. Uh, can you smell us through the technology? Maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Klein is giving his recommendation, it sounds like, of One Piece. Very good. Go watch it. Also started The Bear, and that is also very good. <laughs> Everyone was right. The Bear is good. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was right. I'm going to recommend What We Do in the Shadows. The season five just ended Last week, I think they dropped two episodes on a Thursday. And oh my lord, I love that show. I love the show so much. It's so weird. It's so gay sometimes. And it's like, I'm I'm a very straight dude. And I'm like, give me all the gay content. I give zero fucks. As long as it's in my wheelhouse, I will watch it. And it's Taika Waititi shtick. So of course it's in my wheelhouse. Also, Futurama. It's back. Um, the last episode is a little bit. It's not the best of the season, but they do punch somebody through a video chat. Uh, so I do enjoy that technology being a possibility because then that means I could give muffins to Klein through StreamYard. Nom, 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 nom. And who doesn't nom, want nom, that? Nom, 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 nom. It's a lot cheaper than shipping. But with that, sentience and droids, we've reached the end of this episode. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was just standard operating procedure of podcasting. Hey, Snips. Yippee! Yippee!